You are listening to the Ingenious Podcast, where God's word is shared to build undisputed champions and mighty redeemers. This message is brought to you by the Ingenious Network. Enjoy the message. Father, we are grateful for this opportunity to be in your presence. We ask in the name of Jesus that Lord be with us. Help us tonight, even as we gather and fellowship in your presence, we ask that let your love and let your favor overflow towards us and let great grace abound towards us, even in the name of Jesus, the Son of God, that we pray with thanksgiving. Amen. Awesome. So um, tonight we continue with our lesson concerning expectation in the temple. Um, on Tuesday, we did start this series and I believe that it was a blessing because we did talk about our outlook and our heart, the condition of our heart as we come into the presence of God. My prayer is that as we continue tonight, today we are just going to focus on just one aspect, but talk about two things. We are going to talk about the expectation of of the priest, but my prayer is that as we as we learn about the expectation of the priest, we are also going to understand what God is preparing. So on Tuesday, we talked about expectations in the temple, and we talked about the four players or the four um, the four things. Or I don't want to use things. Let me say the four players or actors who are who have expectations coming into the temple. And we did talk about the fact that God as the father, the owner, the focus of the temple has his expectation. We also have the priests who are standing as intermediaries between God and man and also as representatives of of God. They also having their expectations. Then we said that, that the people who are coming into the temple to find God, to fellowship with him, uh, they also have their expectation. Then we also said that we have expectation in every process and in every activity that is conducted in the temple. Now, based on these four personalities or actors, we realized that we talked about 14 expectations that we have coming into the temple. We talked about, we have expectation to find the name of God as we come into the temple. We talked about the praise of God, the strength of God, the ways or the paths of life to God. We talked about prosperity. We didn't talk about it, we mentioned, let let me rephrase, we mentioned prosperity, we mentioned protection, we, we, we mentioned that um, our prayers being heard is an expectation as we come into the temple. Uh, we talked. We mentioned um, receiving blessings in terms of receiving grace and glory is also an expectation as we come into the temple. We did talk also about the confirmation or the affirmation of the covenant or the promise that we received from God. We expect to have the covenant confirmed or affirmed as we come into the temple we we have an expectation to receive forgiveness and mercy 
we have an expectation to see God, I mean, avenge us, to take vengeance upon the wicked as we come into his temple and call upon him. We talked about healing and restoration. We talked about victory in the general business of life. Uh, in victory here, we uh, I didn't say, but in victory we talk about, I, I, I am looking at it from the perspective of when we come into the temple, we find wisdom, we encounter understanding, and these things help us to become victorious in the natural business of life. Then we talked about the last point, the 14th point being that we expect that the priest in the temple must be clothed with salvation. We expect that the priest in the temple must be clothed with salvation. I want to spend much time here and probably next week dealing with this issue because you realize that it is it is the one thing that is really affecting the body of Christ. You see, as we are here, one of the things you are going to realize is that you are going to have people coming in and stepping out of, of, of the program. Why? Because on the program, they, they will see a flyer that says that prophetic and teaching but when they enter they realize that there is no prophetic as soon as they realize that there's no prophetic they leave why because they have an expectation when they see prophetic and teaching when they come even if you are teaching there is a certain level of anticipation for the things you will talk about if it is a prophetic teaching so when people come and they see that uh, you are not talking about the things that they expect you to talk about, they, they step out of the platform. It is the same with church. Now, I always say that, remember that whatever things that we are talking about today, if this is the first time that you are joining us, I do encourage you to listen to the previous messages that have been uploaded on the podcast site, the Ingenious Podcast, especially episode 27 to 29 when you listen to it then you are going to get the context and the background of the conversation that we are having tonight so you realize that everybody has an expectation god has an expectation i as a priest i have i have an expectation um you as a, a, a congregant you have an expectation then we the three most important actors, especially for the priests and the people, we have that expectation that whatever activities or processes that we are engaging ourselves in, in the temple, is going to also produce a certain result. And tonight, I want to spend much time to talk about the expectation from the priest, that the priest must be clothed with salvation now we look at deuteronomy chapter 21 verse 5 deuteronomy 21 verse 5 and we are going to pick our conversation up from that point deuteronomy 21 verse 5 uh, and it says that then the priests the sons of levi shall come forward for the lord your god has chosen them to minister to him and to bless in the name of the Lord, and by their word, every dispute and every assault shall be settled. Then the priests, the sons of Levi, shall come forward. 
for the Lord your God has chosen them to minister to him and to bless in the name of the Lord. And by their word, every dispute and every assault shall be settled. This is what God said concerning the Levites, concerning the priests. Now, remember, we did talk about um, in the system of the temple, there is a necessity by reason of protocol that we must always have a high priest. And on Tuesday, I did talk about the why we need a high priest briefly. Maybe you are going to spend time and uh, talk about some of these protocols so that we begin to also improve on our experience in the house of God. But God is saying that the priest is chosen to one to come near him. They, they are supposed to be close to God. Then the second point is that they are supposed, they have been chosen to minister to God. Now, if, if you don't know what it means to minister to God, check out our, our, one of the episodes we talk about ministering to the Lord and what it means to minister to the Lord. They have been chosen to minister to the Lord. Then they are supposed to bless in the name of the Lord. And they are also supposed to settle every controversy and every dispute or assault. That is the work of the priest. Now let's go to Malachi chapter 2 um, to pick up a version of the conversation we want to have tonight. Now remember, what we are saying is that we are all priests according to the New Testament. 1 Peter 2 verse 9, we are all priests. So what we are going to talk about, it is not only exclusive to those who have been called into ministry as a gift to the body of Christ, but we, I, we are also in general speaking to you who has given himself or herself to the Lord Jesus Christ. He says in Malachi chapter 2 that this is the command I am giving to you, priest. If you will not listen and you will not take it to heart to give honor to my name, says the Lord, I will send a curse upon you and I will curse your blessings. Indeed, I have already cursed them because you do not lay it to heart. So the key word is what? Lay it to heart. I want you to remember this word. Lay it to heart. Behold, I will rebuke your offspring. I will rebuke posterity after you. I will rebuke the children that come out of you. I will rebuke your lineage. Paraphrasing. And spread and spread dung on your faces, the dung of, of your offerings, and you shall be taken away with it. So shall you know that I have sent this command to you, that my covenant with Levi may stand, says the Lord of hosts. My covenant with him was one of life and peace. So God's covenant with Levi, remember Levi is the clan of priests, is a covenant of life and peace. So it means that what God's expectation for the priest is that the priest is supposed to represent life and the priest is supposed to represent peace. Then he says that I gave them to you I, and I gave them to him. It was a covenant of fear. So God has an expectation that the priest will have the, the spirit of the fear of the Lord. Right. A covenant of fear. 
and he says that and they feared me he stood in awe of my name so we are talking about having reverence for the name of god now remember we said that in the temple we have a expectation to have encountered the name of god we will come to that it says that verse 6 is that true instruction was in his mouth true instruction was in his mouth we are talking about levi or when we say levi we are actually talking about aaron aaron as a picture of the priesthood true instruction was, was in his mouth and no wrong was found on his lips he walked with me in peace and uprightness and he turned many from iniquity so you see god's expectation being given to us for the lips of the priest should guard knowledge that is an expectation and the people should seek instruction from his mouth for he is the messenger of the lord of hosts that's what verse 7 says but you have turned aside from the way so remember the way is the way of life and the way of peace the way of life and the way of peace and everything that we are talking about can be categorized in the way of life and in the way of peace whether it is being knowledgeable having reverence for the name of god what it means by if you're able to teach and keep the instructions of god all these are part of the ways of life he said but you have turned aside the way you have caused many to stumble by your instruction you have corrupted the covenant of levi says the lord of hosts and so i make you despised and abased before all the people inasmuch as you do not keep my ways but show partiality in your instruction so this is what the lord is saying concerning the priest we are living in a time right where we have an expectation of the priest but most priests do not have an expectation for themselves at best every priest has that expectation that i want to be anointed but the question is why do i want to be anointed why do i want to be part of the covenant of life and you realize that in our time many desire the gift and the grace of god selfish reasons some are in it for fame some are in it so that they can, you know, be, be alleviated from poverty. Some are in it because of the status and the ability to command people, and have sway over the lives and the decisions of people. A lot of people become priests in our time for so many reasons. In the days of the Old Testament, the priesthood was solely by appointment of God. And it was clear how God was going to choose. He was going to make it very clear. In our time, we don't have a strict selection process as they did in the time of Levi or in the days of old, before the coming of Christ. But we do have the, the witness of the Spirit when it comes to people being called into ministry now i want to be clear about this when i talk about being called into ministry you have to know that if you're a christian you do have a ministry every believer has a ministry every believer every one of us we have a ministry right but there are people who are called as the gift of christ we see this in ephesians chapter 4 he said and when he ascended on gave gifts unto men 
he gave gifts unto men when he ascended on high he gave gifts unto men and these gifts are what we call apostles prophets evangelists pastors teachers so these people who are called gifts they are they are in a different group of calling right however it is god that that makes that call i say we hear statement like i have the call the question is what call do you have how do you know you have the call how did you know you have the call now i'm going to set the precedence of the call in the bible anybody who was called by god was called in one of these ways the first way is that god will appear to the person we see this in the story of abraham isaac and jacob when we read genesis chapter 12 when we read genesis chapter 26 when we read genesis chapter 28 when we read exodus chapter 3 we see that in all these things god appears to the person and says that i am giving you an assignment then we have the other way where the lord will send an angel to tell you that i am calling you to serve me right and so we see most of these angelic callings when we read the book of judges in the book of judges you're going to see that god appeared uh, the angel of the lord appeared to gideon the angel of the lord appeared to Manorah in the in, in the field before he gave birth to Samson. So God will send an angel to tell you that I am I am calling you to service. The third way is that God will send a prophet to tell you that God has chosen you to serve him. God has chosen you to serve him. And so when we read um, Exodus, you realize that when Moses was about to die, God tells Moses in Exodus 31, chapter 30 into chapter 31, that go and choose, anoint Joshua, go and lay your hands on Joshua, because I have appointed him to be a leader in your stead, right? So God will send a prophet to you. We see the story of how God sent samuel to saul or saul to samuel and saul to david that is the third way god will send a prophet a man a woman of god to come and tell you that god has chosen you biblically these are the only three ways that a person receives the call of god so you cannot read the scripture and say, I felt that when I was reading the scripture, I felt that God was calling me. If you are called as a gift to the body of Christ, it has to be one of these three ways or one or more of these three ways. God will have to appear to you in person. God will have to send an angel to you or God will have to send a prophet or a man or woman of God or a servant of God to tell you. Then after these things take place, the Lord will empower you to do. Empower you to do. So please let's take note of this. When when this initiation, that is what we call the initiation, right? 
when the initiation takes place, you become a property of God. You become an exclusive property of God. And that is why he used the story of the clans of the sons of Jacob to show us what he does by election. We are all the children of God, yes. But some are by virtue of grace elected to sit on a higher seat. Now, the seat is higher not in terms that it is bigger than you, but the seat is higher in terms of the calling. So remember when we read Ephesians chapter 4, he says that the, the, the gifts are supposed to raise up the people of God so that they can stand. Let's read Ephesians chapter 4 verse 12. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 12. I hope I haven't overshot. Um, yes, so he, the verse 11 will say that, and he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers. Verse 12 says that to equip the saints for the work of ministry, right? To equip the saints for the work of ministry, for the building up of the body of Christ. So my work by this virtue is so that I can build up the body. It's so that I can I, I, I can give you a certain kind of feeding or food to help you to grow. It doesn't mean that technically I am bigger than you, no. It only means that in the hierarchy of God, in the protocol of God, I am in a place of preference more than you. So let's remember that. My place of preference doesn't make God love me more than he loves me. My place of preference is a, is a place of responsibility. Now, when we begin to talk about the garment of the priest in one of the episodes we are going to do, you are going to read, see that the effort that the high priest wore, the Bible says that he he had inscribed on them on his shoulder and on his chest the names of the sons of Jacob or Israel so that he will bear the sin of Israel. So where I am is a place of responsibility. It's a place of responsibility. And that is why in the book of James, the Apostle James understanding this responsibility that let us not all desire to be teachers because when we are teachers we will receive stricter judgment than everybody else so my place of preference is a place that gives me stricter judgment than anybody else right so that is um uh, uh, I know I, I quote a lot of scriptures and I, I want to be precise. And I think this one is in James chapter 3, verse 1. James chapter 3, verse 1. Not many of you should presume to be teachers. The, the other versions will say, desire to be teachers, my brothers, because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. Right? More strictly. More strictly. So it means that my place of preference makes me more accountable to God than you, the congregant. So if you want to receive stricter judgment, you can desire to be like me. <laughs> but this is what we are saying. So it's a matter of preference to responsibility, not preference to the receiving of the love of God and the experiences of God. 
You can be a congregant and you can know God more and love God more, even more than the person who has been appointed to be a teacher over you. You can't be better than your teachers, right? So please, let's take note of that. Now, we are talking about the expectation of God for the priest. And we realize that priesthood, as we say, priesthood is the way of the altar. And remember, the altar, once again, is the place for invitation and invocation. It is the place where the covenant is cut. It is the place where the promises are given. The, the altar is the place of the contract. The altar is the place where we as human beings get in touch with the spirit that we are inviting to be Lord over us. And it is in the altar that that deal is sealed. Now, when the deity comes and we build him a house, now remember, we talked about the temple as one being a meeting place and a dwelling place. A meeting place being the place where we meet in person as a fellowship that is in a building, not online, in a building, where we come together in a building to have fellowship with God. Then we have the dwelling place where we our body becomes the temple of God and God dwells in us. Now, when because we, the human being, we are a temple, it means that whether it is the meeting place or the dwelling place, the priest is expected to perform or play a certain role. What role is that? Now, we've come to know from... Um, Malachi chapter 2, that that role is called the, the, the role of being the, the representation of life and peace. Life and peace. And not only life and peace, but in the life and peace, we know that it, it's about being clothed with salvation. Right? That the, the priest must be clothed with salvation. Um, let's read Isaiah chapter 61, verse 10. Isaiah 61, verse 10. I, I delight greatly in the Lord. My soul rejoices in my God, for he has clothed me with garments of salvation and arrayed me in a robe of righteousness. As a bridegroom adorns his head like a priest and as a bride adorns herself with jewels. So remember, we are clothed with salvation. We are clothed with righteousness. That is the garment that the priest is supposed to wear. Now, we, for those who have listened to me, you hear me say that, um, okay, let's read um, Psalm, Psalm 132 verse 16. Psalm 132 verse 16. While he's finding Psalm 132 verse 16, you hear me say that salvation, when we talk about salvation, according to the Hebrew Bible, uh, salvation um it says that i will clothe her priest with salvation and her saints will ever sing for joy so it means that when the priests are clothed with salvation the result is that the congregants they are supposed to sing for joy they're supposed to be peace they're supposed to be rejoicing now remember in the mouth of the priest every matter that is negative it must be resolved the priest is supposed to bring the people to a place where their lives can experience the glory of God because they are supposed to bless in the name of the Lord. 
What does that mean? It means that today church is not as potent as it is because one, for, so remember, let, let me put it in two forms so that it becomes clear. For the priest who presides over the meeting place, that is the one who is in charge of a physical building where people come together to fellowship. If we enter the church and the person who is sick for five years still has his or her disease, if people are dying rapidly of strange diseases, if sin is prevalent and I enter into the church and I don't feel the need for God, if I am not convicted of sin, righteousness, and of judgment, anytime I come into that meeting and I see more people coming into the church and I am rejoicing and I am doing a good work, I am in trouble. I am in trouble because remember James chapter 3 verse 1 says that I will receive stricter judgment than everybody else. What is the role of the priest in the temple? The priest is supposed to be everything that God promises. You see, the, the, the congregant who is coming into the temple, most of them will not have the experience that we talked about for initiation. Most of them will not have God appear to them. Most of them will not have an angel come to them. Most of them will not have a prophet sent to them. So it means that for that person coming into the temple, his expectation is that you who has you who has encountered God, right? You who have met God, you are supposed to be the one through whom he, he or she is also going to encounter God. It is supposed to be through you that he is also supposed to find that way to encounter God. So if time upon time this person comes and does not find this salvation and you think you are doing a good job, heaven is not happy. Now remember on Tuesday I was making a reference about Jesus going into the temple and uh, 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 Luke chapter 13. And the Bible says that there was this woman that was bent over. He said that the key, let's read Luke chapter 13, verse 16, because I want to make a point there. I want to make a point there. And I, I want to use that point to encourage all of us to get serious in our pursuit of God. He says that, then should not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has kept bound for 18 long years be set free on the Sabbath day from what bound her. Now remember the backstory is that Jesus has come into the synagogue. It is the Sabbath day. On the Sabbath day, according to the Jewish observation, you are not supposed to do any work. The Pharisees at that time had interpreted not doing any work to mean not even performing miracles in the house of God. And they knew that wherever Jesus went, one of the things that he did was heal and deliver people from Satan's bondage. So this time around, when he entered, they said that they, when you read Luke chapter 13, one of the tests you are going to see is that they said that they, they waited to see if he would do that on, on the Sabbath day so that they would bring a charge against him. And, and Jesus, knowing what they were thinking, decided to teach them a lesson. Then he was talking about this woman. And he said that this woman 
see is this way because of satan you see that what it tells us is this even though the pharisees were the teachers of the law and they were supposed to lead people to god they were not even able to tell when satan had come into the church to enslave the church so certain conditions are prevailing in people's lives, not because it is a natural order, but it is because it is Satan at work. But the priests who were presiding over the synagogues could not see it. They could not see it. They could not decipher it. So Jesus, standing in his true priestly role, says that, is it not right that on the Sabbath day, now remember the, the Sabbath day, the, the, maybe one of these days I'm going to teach about the Sabbath. The Sabbath day is supposed to connote, co- connote a day of rest. The Sabbath is supposed to connote a day of rest. And on the day of rest, we see a woman who has been enslaved for Satan for 18 years. And every time this woman is coming into the temple and going back the same, the Bible says that Jesus healed her. They were angry and they chased Jesus out. What does it mean? It means that as a priest, let's go back to Isaiah chapter 61. In Isaiah chapter 61, now remember we, when we were reading Isaiah 61, that's where we read about God will clothe his, uh, his priest with what? The garment of salvation. But you see, that's not how Isaiah 61 starts. Isaiah 61 starts by the anointing by informing us about the anointing. Then he tells us the reason and the purpose of the anointing. The reason and the purpose of the anointing is that it should break yokes. It should set people free. He says that the spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. So my job as a priest is first of all, I have received an anointing, I have received a charge, I received an empowerment to bring good news. What is that good news? The good news is that we can come out of slavery, we can come out of darkness, we can come out of the torment, we can come out of the harassment, we can come out of the oppression that we have been put under. He says that he has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to let people know that you can live again, you can hope again. There is more to life that you are currently experiencing. To proclaim freedom to the captives, to release from darkness, to release from from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of the vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn in Zion right and he says that to grant verse 3 says that to grant to provide for those who grieve in zion to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes the oil of gladness instead of mourning a garment of praise instead of the spirit of despair they will they will be called oaks of righteousness the planting of the lord for the display of his splendor so it means that my anointing is supposed to cause everybody coming into the temple to know the goodness of God, to know how gracious God is, to know how benevolent God is, to know how powerful God is. And when they become part of God's family, that the, those that are outside God's family will see the beauty, the grandeur, and the splendor, the majesty of the saints. He said that, that they will rebuild the ancient ruins to restore the places long devastated, that they will renew the ruined 
cities that have been devastated for generations. Aliens will shepherd your flocks. Foreigners will work your fields and vineyards. And you will be called priests of the Lord. You will be named ministers of our God. You will feed on the wealth of nations. And in their riches you will boast. Now, 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 instead that instead of their share, my people will receive a double portion, and instead of disgrace, they will rejoice in their inheritance. So they will inherit a double portion in their land, and everlasting joy will be theirs. For I, the Lord, love justice; I hate robbery and iniquity. In my faithfulness, I will reward them and make an everlasting covenant with them. And this is what he says. Uh, then let's. Then he, he says in verse 10 that I delight greatly in the Lord. My soul rejoices in for he has clothed me with garments of salvation and arrayed me in a robe of righteousness as a bridegroom adorns his, his head like a priest. So it means that at the end of the day, and what, what I'm trying to say is that people are tired of I am a Christian. I believe in God. My God is a healer. My God is a miracle worker. My God is a deliverer. My God is a destiny changer. We are, we are tired of rhetoric. The anointing of the priest is supposed to be an anointing for action, an anointing for result, an anointing for manifestation. So if you are a priest of God and you are not walking in manifestation, you should be concerned. I should be concerned. That I'll come here every Tuesday, every Thursday, and my wife and I will come every Friday, and we are telling people about what God will do, and nothing happens. We should be concerned. You see, there are days that I wish that I could just not be here. There are days that I feel like, oh, I've learned the Bible, so let me just go and say something and come. No, that's not the attitude of the priest. For the priest, every meeting period, every opportunity to minister the salvation of God must be a well-prepared encounter. You cannot be coming to a meeting, then you will not pray. You will not seek the face of God. You will not seek the opinion of God. You don't know what God will do in a meeting you are going to appear in. It is disastrous for you as a priest. Now, remember some time ago we were talking about being prepared before coming into the temple. I must love to spend more time with God so that he will, he will put an anointing on me so that when I come and stand in the midst of the congregation, that anointing will not be a, an anointing for rhetorics. It is going to be an anointing for action, an anointing that sets people free, an anointing that opens the eyes of the blind. If I am not seeing, now you see, this is not for everybody. Now listen to me, this is not for everybody. What I am talking about, for me as one who has been called into ministry as a gift to the body of Christ, my, when Jesus was living in Matthew 28, he said that what? Heal the sick, raise the dead, open the eyes of the blind, make disciples of all nations. My job as one who has been called as an apostle, as a prophet, as an evangelist, as a pastor, as a teacher, is to use this mouth to produce that result. 
For some of you, you have been called to be a business person. It means that you are supposed to use that business to produce that result. What does it mean? It means that whilst I will stand here like I am ministering now, and I will say that in the name of Jesus, let the sick be healed. In the name of Jesus, let anybody who is being tormented, let the person be set free. I restrain and I bind every demon of oppression, torment, poverty, every evoke that authority on your life. That is my job. I'm supposed to use my mouth to do that. If you are a businessman, the way that God has called you to raise the dead, open the eyes of the blind is different. For you maybe for you to raise the dead, what because God is going to use your wealth to do it, what it means is that you are going to build hospitals, you are going to build schools because why? When you build a hospital, you as a business person, you are healing the sick. When when you build a school, you as a business person, you are casting out demons. What demons are you casting out? You are casting out the demons of illiteracy, demons of, of poverty. For some people, it means opening more businesses. When you open more businesses, what it means is that you are creating employment for people. And as you are creating employment for other people and giving them something, first of all, you are helping them to come out of poverty. So the way we are called to minister to God in our priesthood is different. So I don't want you to desire to be like me. But if you have been called into the body as a gift to the body, then you have to desire what I desire. That any time that you stand in front of the people just like Jesus did, in the name of Jesus, let this the, 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 the captive be set free. You have to see agitations in the midst of the people. Some people call themselves deliverance ministers. So it means that their own, their specialty is casting out demons. How, when the demon casting become the specialty of deliverance ministers? Are we not all called to deliver those who are in darkness, out of darkness, into his marvelous light? Are we not all agents of deliverance? So you go to a pastor and you have an issue. You say that my son, my brother, my daughter, my husband, my wife is being tormented by a demon. And a pastor will tell you that I, I don't do those things. Those things are time consuming. Go and give it to the prayer warriors. When did prayer warriors become the people who were mandated to cast out demons? In the mouth of the priest, every, every assault is supposed to be settled. The Bible says that Hannah, going to Shiloh for so many years with his husband Elkanah, one day being infuriated, decided to go there different. And he entered into the temple. He de she decided, I will not eat. And the Bible says that when the high priest Eli came, he saw this woman praying and said that this woman, the way she's behaving is as if she is drunk. And when she came and asked woman, why are you behaving like this? This is the house of God. He said that... Dear high priest, my pastor, my prophet, my apostle, my evangelist, please don't think that I am misbehaving in the house. I have issues. Things are going on in my life. I've been married to my husband for so many years. I am childless. I am being mocked. I am being laughed at. People are making a mockery of my life. I wake up and people are singing. And you know that this song, dear... In our language, they say, hey, kutiabo. They are mocking me. God must change my situation. Do you know what the Bible says? The Bible says that 
after he had told Eli this, all that the high priest said, the Lord grants your request. That's what we said. She left happy. She left happy. She left contented. She left knowing that her prayer had been answered. She, she left knowing that that season she was going to conceive and bear a child. Why? Because the priest had added his voice to her petition. There are some of you, you come to church, even when we say, God bless you, we, we don't know whether God is blessing you or not. <laughs> People, if, if men are going to love our God, then we as priests, we must rise up to the expectation of the world. Now, the expectation of the world is different from the expectation of God. But you see, there are people who are looking for God. Many are disappointed when they come. Many are. Many are. So many people are dis- disappointed. Don't you hear stories of, I went from this pastor to that pastor, from this pastor to that pastor, and the problem was not going. Now, remember the Jesus standard. The Jesus standard. For those of you who haven't listened to the Jesus standard, I encourage you to go and listen to that message, the Jesus standard of living. If Christ dwells in me, if truly if Christ speaks and all issues are settled, then why is it that I am, I am speaking into this situation and nothing is happening? You see, the reason why most of us, we are not motivated to fast and to pray is because of this. You don't, you, you, you don't expect yourself to play the role of the deliverer. You don't expect yourself to play the role of the champion. Remember, on this platform, we are raising undisputed champions, mighty redeemers. If, that, if, if this motto is going to be truly the song that we sing on this platform, that it means that you and I, who are coming here every Tuesday, every Thursday, every Friday, fellowshipping together, sometimes coming here every day, especially when we are having our ordained fast, it means that we must have that expectation of ourselves to become undisputed champions, to become mighty redeemers. Don't never let it be said of you that they brought somebody who was demon-possessed and you said that after this one, I can't do anything about it. You are a priest of God. You are a priestess of God. Set the standard high for yourself. Some of us, our standard, the standard that we have set for ourselves in Christ, it is too low. And that is why this evening, once again, I am challenging everybody listening to me. We all, all of us, we have expectations in this life. You know you want to drive a Lamborghini. You know you want to drive a Ferrari. You know, you, you know all the names of these top, top brands. This, you know the area you want to live. You, want to, you know the cities you want to travel. You know the means by which you want to travel. You want to travel by private jet. You have all these things as your dream. Some of us, we have them as posters in our room. And you look at this person and say, one day I'm going to be very rich. One day I'm going to own a lot of businesses. One day I'm going to fly into every country. We say all these things. But you as a Christian, when was, was the last time you set an ambition in God? When was the last time you set an ambition for your life in God? For your journey upwards? When was the last time? 
When's the last time that you told yourself that before I die from this earth, I want to take 20,000 souls with me to heaven? When was the last time you said to yourself that before I die, when I get to heaven and they are playing the story of my life, I want it to be said of me in heaven that he cast out 100,000 demons. When was the last time you said to yourself as a Christian that in, in my life, when my life on the earth is done and I stand before my Lord and my King, I want it to be said of me that when he lived in the earth, the anointing that he or she received, I, I was able to heal 10,000 blind people. When was the last time you, as a Christian, you set that ambition for yourself? Let's have that conversation. Because you see, we have become a generation of, oh, let somebody do the work and let me be a beneficiary. You are also a priest. When will the anointing that you have received, when will it produce good news for somebody? When will the anointing that you have received, when will it set someone who has been bound by Satan free? Our families are the way they are. Our communities are the way they are. It's because Christians are not Christians are the only unambitious groups of people in the, in the entire universe. Christians are, let me mind my own business kind of people, no risk takers. But that is not what we were called to do as priests. We are supposed to be clothed with salvation. Salvation means deliverance. Salvation means healing. Salvation means prosperity. It means that wherever we go as priests of God, life must take effect. Life. The people who don't know what to do with their life, when we get there, they must know what to do with their life. The people who, are, who have no hope in life, when we get there, they must have hope in life. The people who, who, who are unable to do things, by the time that we leave, by the time that we, 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 they encounter us and the God that dwells in us, they must come and possess an ability. You see, the Bible says that Saul went to Samuel. Samuel told him his destiny. And Samuel said that when you leave me and you are going, you are going to meet a company of prophets. When you come, you are, when you meet them, you see that they are holding ABCD. But the one thing that will happen when you come into their mess is that you will be like them. You, you, you will speak by inspiration as they speak by inspiration. When was the last time the Holy Ghost fell? upon somebody when was the last time a, a fire was kindled in somebody's heart and the person thought that he's okay and after after eight months they realize that that word that they heard it is still ringing in their heart and in their mind people of god we have a responsibility as priests there is an expectation on us as priests that expectation is that we must rise up. Some of you, you are going to school. You are not even serious about learning because you don't understand that you have been called into academia. And that the anointing that God is giving you is an, is an, academic, is, is an academic excellence anointing. So that when people don't understand the mixing of, 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 of chemicals, you see, you see the formula, you see the atoms, you see the nucleus, you see all those molecules, and it makes sense in their movement. You see the way they are moving, and you understand what they are saying. It is an anointing. 
I'm not saying that desire to be me. I'm saying that whatever you believe that God has called you to be, be a priest in that field. Let it be that somebody who did not like math will meet you as a math teacher. And by the time that they are done going through your class, they will love maths. They will love science. They will love engineering. They will love literature. That you will spark a life in somebody by your work. Let's 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 start let's start this this mediocre Christian life. God's expectation for us is very high, and that is why some of us, when we go to heaven, we will not be happy. Jesus will indeed will have to come and wipe away our tears because we will cry. We will cry. We will cry, and when we get to know how how far below the line we lived, how far below the standard He set for us that we lived. Some of us, we are here. Maybe in heaven's book, we are supposed to be millionaires by now. You don't even have $100 in your account. You don't even have £100 in your account. You don't even have 100 CDs in You don't even have 100 rand in your account. Why? Because you are not making use of the anointing. Now, whenever we are talking about this, whenever the reason I'm staying on this is important because, you see, I am taking my job seriously. You should also take your own seriously. How many of us are even listening to this message and taking notes? Writing certain things down. How many of us are listening to the messages after? So that we will listen and listen till something. Now I've been praying to God. I've been praying to God throughout this year. That as for Tuesday and Thursday, I will talk. I will talk. But at least on Friday... On Friday, he should let our services be different on Fridays. Because you see, it's not enough to, you know, I, I see this, I, I hear that God, no. The Bible says that Jesus spoke to Jairus. And by the time he got to the house, his servant ran to him and said that the servant that was sick was healed. And he asked, what time did she get healed? And he said, about this time. And he said, then he realized that it was at that exact time. Jesus was telling him that your, 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 your servant is healed. Jesus was not there. Jesus did not meet the servant. Jesus did not know the servant. But Jesus spoke a word and that word was that your servant is well. And in that moment that he, he said that word, maybe 50 miles away or maybe 20 kilometers away, that word traveled and there was an instant performance on that word. I am praying to God. That anytime I come here, let it be that, you see, I, I am not impressed when people say, oh, you are a good teacher. Oh, those things, it, it doesn't impress me. I, I want God to come and tell me that, you know, after this service, you drove, this is how many demons you cast out. This is how many people you delivered. This is how many people that received healing. Ah, these are the things that God has not given us angels so that we will come and talk. He has given us angels so that they will become co-ministers of the salvation of God. You think that the angels, they just want to come and just only protect you and give you breakthroughs. No. They also want to see people in darkness out, people in prison out, people who are bound by Satan like this woman for 18 years, to see them set free. They want to go under the water. They want to go into the mountains. They want to go into the desert places. They want to enter into heavenly realms to enforce the will of God. 
to, to manifest the promises of God. Some of you, since God gave you an angel, the angel is always sad. Because from the day he came into your life to now, nothing has happened. You don't fast, you don't pray, you don't study your word. And if you are doing it, you do it in a sad manner. Because you don't understand that I am receiving tools and armament and weapons to go and be a champion, to go and be a redeemer. Some of, some of us here, we are afraid of demons. We are afraid of the devil. We are afraid of evil spirits. If, I, I, I bet you that if somebody closes his, his or her eyes right now, and opens it and sees a demon appear, some people will abandon that room <laughs> until the pastor will go and sprinkle oil and salt there and say that you are okay. And even now, when they are sleeping, they will sleep with their eyes wide open, like a dolphin, one eye open, one eye closed. <laughs> the expectation of God for his priest that we become fearless especially when it comes to the devil. And that is why we must prove that prayer works, fasting works, Bible study works, listening to the messages, it works. We have to prove it. By the, Paul says in verses 2 to 4, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 2 to 4. Lord, I will I'm bringing my message to a close. For I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I came to you in weakness and fear and with much trembling. My message and preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power. Add verse 5 for me. Add verse 5 for me. To the end that your faith might be in God, so that your faith might not rest on men's wisdom, but on God's power. You see, everything that I'm doing so that somebody listening to me can know that God is powerful and God is exactly who he says he is. You know, it pains me that sometimes we will pray for people and nothing happens. When I go home, I'm very sad. I'm very sad because that's not what I was called to do. My calling demands that when I say be healed in Jesus' name, that is the only thing he gave me. You must be healed. You, it is not should you be you must be healed because he says that whatsoever i ask in his name he will do it so sometimes after service i'm, I'm sad there are some people you don't know but i still pray i'm still praying for you some of you, you have even received prophecies you don't believe it but me i i i, I listen to these things and i, I said oh god remember this word that you said to this person on this platform honor that word in the person's life because you see it is not my reputation at stake it is the reputation of the name of god i i love his name so much it breaks my heart that i will use the name and i will not get the results that the name is supposed to provide or manifest when i pray for somebody and the person doesn't get healed i don't say the person doesn't have faith it is me it is not the person it is me because the Bible says that Jesus, anybody apart from those stubborn people in, in, in Jesus' hometown where the Bible said that he did very little miracles there. But even there, he did miracles. But everybody else that Jesus prayed for, he did not care whether you have faith, whether you don't have faith. I always use Luke chapter 7 as an example. 
In Luke chapter 7, the woman's son is dead. And the Bible says that Jesus meets them outside the city gates. The woman is crying helplessly. Out of compassion, Jesus just goes and raises the son up. It, 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 it wasn't about the woman's faith. It was, he didn't even ask the woman, do you want your son to live? He just went to raise the son up. So it is not about you. It is me. It means there's something I'm not doing. Maybe I should fast more. Maybe I should be more obedient to God. Maybe I should align more. Maybe I should study more. Maybe I should meditate more. Because I want my words to be like Jesus. I want my life to reflect the result of Jesus. That is the role of the priest. You see, in the temple, now remember, I'm ending with this. In the temple, I did say that priest, it is of necessity. And you see, anytime Aaron went into the temple, the holies of holies, he went into the holies of holies on behalf of every other priest that was working with him in the temple. And he went on behalf of the people. So the result that he was bringing was not just for him, but it was also for the priests that were working with him and also for the people that were bringing sacrifice to aid in the service. And that is why we are saying that we have expectations of even the activities. If I tell you that sow a seed right now and, and anybody who sows a thousand CDs in the next seven days, God is going to open a strange door for you. Nobody receives anything in seven days. I received the money and after that, I said that they didn't have faith. I'm a fraud. I am a big fraud. Because if God is saying that if anybody here will sow a thousand CDs and in seven days I will open a string, it doesn't matter even if 200 people sow, all those 200 people, if that is what God said, then that must be the result. Because God knows his voice and honors his voice. So what I am saying in, in, in NSC is this. Your sources and my sources are tied together. But it is tied on the premise that you and I, we take our priesthood serious. Some of us, we are too ignorant as Christians. Some of us, we are too prayerless as Christians. Some of us, we are too fearful as Christians. Some of us, we are too weak as Christians. It is time for us to rise up as priests of God and put on this clothes of salvation. So that anybody who will encounter after this service, spend time with Isaiah 61 and ask yourself how much of this is playing out in my life. I pray for you and I pray for the work of God in your life. I pray that wisdom and power shall prevail. I pray that great grace shall be released upon you and I pray that life and peace shall be our portion. That we will arise as priests of God. That the, the Bible says that the expectation of the righteous shall not be disappointed. That as you and I, we use the name of Jesus in our lives, that we will not experience disappointment in any area of our life. And that whether it is a situation, whether it is a circumstance, whether it is a condition, whether it is an event, whatever is prevailing, that as we introduce the name of Jesus into that matter, let it be settled. Let it be corrected. Let it be healed. Let it be restored. Let it be lifted up. Let it stand again in the name of Jesus. God bless you for listening. Maranatha, the Lord comes.